0: What's up, Banana Bunch slash Pumpkin Pals? Yeah, we've got this episode and then next week, and then I guess you're back to just being the regular Banana Bunch. Or maybe I'll switch it up next month and go Team Turkey for Thanksgiving. Whatever. Anyway, Mark here with another episode of the Jungle Gyms podcast. Welcome back. So great to see you. You know the drill here at the top. I would be just tickled if you'd be so kind as to give this show a nice review and or rating on Apple podcasts. See, ratings and reviews contribute to the livelihood of a show that you love success. So this keeps us topping the charts and it keeps me here in the studio making all kinds of wonderful stuff for all of you. Now, to those of you who have already done this for me, thank you so very much. I appreciate all of you. And get this. As of the time of this recording, I have 43 ratings and reviews, which is a lot more than last week. And again, thank you. That's awesome. That means that we've tacked on a bunch of those in the last week. But if you recall, I've challenged us to hit hundred reviews by Christmas. So I believe in all of you. I believe in Santa too, (laughs) and we can do it together. I just need your help. So what is on the menu today at the jungle? That's a great question. It's one that I feel like we'll ask every week. Well, today, I've got a big one for all of you, and I'm honored to share it with you. I'm going to introduce you to someone, a defender of the Jungle Jim's fresh produce legacy, one of the last of his kind, truly the meat and potatoes of this week's entree, if, you know, you could eat episodes. Actually, do you think we can do that? Maybe that'll work on that. I've also got returning guest Phil Adams, our director of development, who thought it would be fun to drop a few spicy nuggets of extra info on all of you since he'd been so well received. Trust me, Phil's loving it. It is hilarious to walk around the store. He's like, I don't know if you know, but uh, I'm the most popular episode of the show so far. It's hysterical. I love it. I wanted to bring this up too. I've got a little Look, now that the show's getting into the groove, I think we can do callbacks to previous episodes. So maybe if you're if you're sitting here when I say this go Mark, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you should listen to the earlier episodes. That's this is how we get the back catalog going. But speaking of, a few weeks ago we talked about the Sam Adams Utopia, which is a super fancy pants beer, almost cognac-like in its taste according to Ferd, our beer expert. We're going to be doing a raffle here at the Jungle to allow people to buy a bottle of it, which tells you a lot about the booze industry these days, right? No, uh, it's very commonplace these days if you're not hip to that. A lot of these uh, special release beers and other alcohols. They'll do like raffles to give you the opportunity to buy something. It's kind of crazy. I'm actually surprised Sony hasn't done this with the PlayStation 5 yet, knowing as how hard it is to still acquire one of those. But anyway, the point is the Utopias, it's super limited edition, it's very hard to come by. Uh but if you sign up for our Brew Crew emails on our website, you'll start to receive notifications about this. So it's all going to be coming up in November, but I wanted to get you all ready. And since you all are super cool and you listen to this podcast, I'm giving you the information now, right? I'm your friend. That's how this works. Friends do cool stuff for each other, like write them reviews of their podcasts, And then I tell you about beer drops. I will have more updates and details on this in future episodes. But again, if you don't want to wait, just go start sifting through junglegyms.com right now. I'll wait for you. I'll be here the whole time. You just like hit pause and then come back. It's like I didn't even stop talking. Just like real life. Speaking of junglegems.com, this is the spot where I plead with all of you to shoot me an email and get interactive with me, baby. Come on, podcast at junglegems.com. It's super easy to remember. You can email me anytime, all the time, even. Maybe it gets a little weird, and I'm okay with that until I'm not. I have gotten some great emails in recently from all kinds of people. Even a gnarly gnome. Not a joke. That was their name. While I have been getting something like 99% positive feedback, I'm not adverse to criticism, which is why I always say, and I do this whole bit about this, email me at podcast at and tell me what kind of stuff you want to hear about on the show. I think the only negative thing I've really heard so far is from people saying that they wish the show was shorter so that it was a little more consumable and easy to listen to. Now, I've taken that to heart, of course, as I do all of the comments and I try to weigh out my options here, and I may slowly shrink the episodes down over time. But as a little green alien once said, always in motion, the future is. Sorry, I do a better Miss Piggy than a Yoda, actually. It's the same voice actor, if you didn't know that. Frank Oz. You know, Yoda's kind of just like, mmm. But Miss Piggy is like, mmm. Anyway, in a fun follow-up to last week's episode, I totally found the biggest pumpkins potentially in the world. And if you're listening to this episode on the day of release, I'm actually probably, right now, chatting with pumpkin farmers from all over learning about why they grew such big pumpkins. I am really curious about that. And I'm trying so hard to not ask them repeatedly, are you out of your gourd? So make sure you stick around for next week. I got a bunch of pumpkin-themed content. It's like, I like the holidays, especially the fall days as I call them, like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that stuff. We're going to have fun stuff on there. But more importantly here, thank you all to you listeners for getting me connected with the fine folks of the Circleville Pumpkin Show who are doing... Just this, judging some of the world's largest pumpkins. I can't wait to birth a pumpkin of my own. Wait, hold on. What is that? Did you guys hear that too? It's like a weird beeping. It's kind of getting louder. Oh my God, that's the sound of a segue. Hold on. it's heralding his arrival. Oh God, Phil's breaking in. Welcome back, Phil. I think this is gonna be the start of a recurring
1: segment. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Yeah, a lot of people stop me and say, wow, your podcast was really good. I'm like, really? And I'm like, wow, people listen to podcasts. Yeah. You even even got a message on the family chat, you know, out of the blue. We chat a lot, but out of the blue, Caitlin sends this message, father, question mark, three question marks. So it's serious, (laughs) right? And I'm like, yes, you did a podcast? Yes. And she's like, OMG. So a couple hours later, she's like, Father, you did really good. I'm like, oh, thanks, Caitlin. You like the content? She's like, no, Mark was amazing. He did, uh, I don't know where you got him from, and you didn't use
0: my name. I was like, oh, okay, Caitlin, thanks. That's good, dude. So I love it. You made sure to get her in a couple of times there. I knew she was loving it when I saw the. Uh, I saw it get tagged on Instagram. Right. And I was like, oh, that's so fun. Because I saw the follow come in, and then like an hour or two later, I saw the post, and I was like, Oh, Cause there's like family photos. I was like, I recognize that. Guy. Right. Yeah. He's got someone working on the inside. I'm like, Oh, Caitlin out of the blue. <laughs> well, Phil, as always, one of my favorite things is when you come zooming by on the segue to come say hello. So it, I've, you've got notes in hand. Got, I am excited. Well, yeah. It's a post-it note. Even better. <laughs> it's, that's still, it's still legally
1: notation. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. People ask me, what are you going to talk about next? I'm like, I have no idea. I said, it just started. And, uh, they were like, well, talk about this. I'm like, oh, I don't know. And another, talk about this, talk about this. So then I thought about it a little bit, and I'm like, what do people always ask me? Yeah. Emails all the time. Number one question for years. You know what it is? No. When are you going to build the jungle gyms
0: in my neighborhood? Oh, that's right. We threatened to talk about that when you did yeah. the full episode that time, and I totally forgot to ask. Yeah. You we were too uh, busy laughing. So. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so every week, get emails, 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 phone calls. It's crazy how often we get, uh, you know, people are like, oh, I, and they pick out the site. It's awesome. So, they, yes. you know, send me the links and everything, and I'm like, you know, prior to the pandemic, we probably would have built one. You know, Indianapolis, you were really close to getting one oh, way back in the day. look yeah. at that. There's a little inside baseball yeah. for everybody. Columbus
0: always, you know, we get a lot of calls for Columbus, but I even had somebody reach out to me recently and she did all the like work. she's like, I found a perfect yeah. location and she was somewhere, I want to say Beaver Creek adjacent, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. say. And, you know, I mean, I don't, I obviously don't know anything relative to you by right. <laughs> clearly, but I was like, oh, that does look like a good location. I'm like, I don't even know how to start. So I'm glad you came into broach. <laughs> so to here are the parameters, today. people, 50 acres
1: or more, a mile or less from the highway. Genius. Contact us at jungle Yeah.
0: It's. I, right. Yeah. we get them all the time, anyway. So. I well, I'll. I have. I have a thought on that. After I, but I don't want to share it to the podcast world. But I, I won't forget it because it's very near and dear to my heart. But that's amazing. What if you could choose without the customer influence? What would be a place you'd like to put one
1: in? Indianapolis West Side. Yeah, uh, because you get St. Or you would get Chicago, St. Louis, Louisville, and all of Indy, mm-hmm. um, and then you could leapfrog to st louis for the next one and just keep doing those circles or go down to nashville nashville would be an awesome i was hoping awesome you would location. say either
0: somewhere in kentucky or tennessee would be fun too yeah, yeah. i will i'll let hawaii that would be awesome oh yeah it's weird how they just rebuilt <laughs> yeah. a studio on the maui location it's so weird
1: <laughs> gosh it's warm down
0: up, here. up here comes jungle he's in a grass skirt again <laughs> Actually, I uh, pineapple drink one. yeah yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Uh, The pineapple drink's mine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Part of my contract as he had to do.
1: But, yeah, no. So, let's see. What else? What do people not know about this store? Uh, That we have a basement. Most people don't realize we have this basement. We can't figure out what to do with it, but we have this huge basement. It's 9,000 square feet with, like, 14, 15-foot ceiling. Wow. Yeah. I want to see
0: that one of these days. It's dark. I keep threatening to make <laughs> that part of my Jungle Rumors segment. Yeah, yeah you um, could. In I, the room room, and I'll just start it right now, the basement is a secret tunnel to Jungle's house well, from the building. Yeah, it's like so you the can tunnel. take a Segway just uh-huh. <laughs> all the way down.
1: <laughs> we actually took one of the monorails and ran it underground. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'll be our third event
2: yeah, space, yeah, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we always want. We wanted to make our own wine down there. Oh. State of Ohio said, oh, you can do that, but that's the only wine you can sell. Oh, so that, nice. I rolled yeah. that out. That, it was already built, so we had this basement. <laughs> so yeah. then we tried uh, Salami Company.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That, that would have been
1: fun. What happened to that? Uh, her family wasn't on board with it, and then they've exploded into this monster really? Italian salami company in St. Louis called Volpe. Oh, I.
0: It's weird that you said that. I was kind of thinking that may have been. I picked up some of the. Uh, we have some of the rose salami oh, yeah, on yeah. sale this week. Well, at the time of recording, right. it was delicious. By the way, <laughs> I wish they would have made the right choice and teamed up here. Though, yeah, well, yeah, they already had their establishment there. Yeah, so but, well, you know, right choice for me personally, yeah, Phil. Yeah, Not <laughs> would have been. For
2: I'm me thinking too. about the
0: greater good
2: here.
1: <laughs> so then we looked at, uh, gosh, a couple other salami companies and. Mm-hmm. Nobody was real excited about it except us, you know.
0: You Weird. Know. I know. I That'd don't be fun. It. I feel like it's like uh, it, the way it's been described to me, it almost feels like one of those, like I don't know what they actually call them, but like the mushroom growing caves. That was what was going to be next. We tried a mushroom company out of
1: Dayton, and no they kidding. were all excited. Then the pandemic hit, and then you know I understand the uh, pandemic money helped them out, and so they're no longer you know looking As for another huh? facility. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. that's a bummer. I know um, we talked to the people at 80 acres about, you know, that was going to be their startup, you know, after going through their facility, after they started, you know, it's yep. bigger than our store <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have worked <laughs> And the greenhouse. They didn't want sunlight. So we made that the toy department. Um so you what know we would, can't make beer we can't make alcohol of yeah. any sort down there so we're looking for ideas. Yeah what would you what would you personally want to put in there? Well the latest right now is uh maybe we'll make it a rock garden or a rock retail center with huh. a cave going down into there from the store. That's kind of cool. Yeah we saw a lot of rocks it's shocking.
2: Really like and, when and the,
0: supplement shop.
2: Okay. They're full
1: of energy. I, uh, it,
0: when well, you know say how. rocks, like you mean literal rocks, right? Rocks, like there's yeah. not some. Uh, this is not some retail term. No, I am no. aware of. <laughs> this is rocks. I had no idea. That's no, the secret money maker. Yeah, I guess it's very fascinating. Come for the visual uh, uh-huh. uh, stimulation. And we you, like you know like a tourist
1: land, you know, landing spot for a lot of people. So that kind of fits there too. Imagine doing like a little cave tour. Go down into the basement, get some rocks, leave, or you could shop from the outside. Go through the rock shop and. Leave and take your
0: rocks. I don't know. That would be kind of interesting. Rock and roll. Like a little fancy gem store. Yeah, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, we could. Who That's, knows? Now I'm just We're thinking. We're in dream scene at that point. Yeah, right now I'm thinking like, That's what could kind of, I put in there? I don't yeah.
1: even know. You know, Mammoth Caves has a
0: gift shop with rocks.
1: Yeah, why Why not? can't we?
0: Right. We're way closer to me, so <laughs> yeah, I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe that could be the The, the dream oh. I have. Oh, wait. No, you first. No, no. I was thinking we,
1: you know, we could do the stalactites and everything from the... Yeah. yeah. That'd yeah, we'd get a little, uh, we should get
0: like, like a little uh, mannequin of jungle, like hanging mm-hmm. from one of them, you know, the waterfall would be great. Mm-hmm. And earthquake sounds, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'd set it up. It'd be the jungle mine,
1: right? So you <laughs> exactly. have like the, the mining sounds. Yeah. Are clanking. Oh, yeah. Actually, oh, be kind of fun. One of those little
0: carts that goes into yeah. the wall. Oh, yeah. see, this is why. it Pulls out gold. Yeah. Oh, Phil, this is a good idea. Huh? Yeah, I'm really thinking. I'm like, what would I put in there? I don't even know. I don't you even know
1: where eights. I'd start. I know. That's where we are. Yeah. I have a full-scale model of Or not a full-scale. It's an eighth-inch scale model of this right. thing. And it's sitting empty. So, people, if you have ideas, contact us at junglegyms.com. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. No alcohol.
0: <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Booze-free ideas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be... Oh, the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, I know. It should be. There should be a minecart ride up thing. Oh, yeah. tied at the amusement sure. park? Yeah. Just yeah. a little Just Then, a little then you show. get
1: into the amusement park
0: licenses. and oh, I yeah. bet that's a nightmare, but oh, I if keep... I don't have to deal with it, I think it's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, sounds good, <laughs> Phil. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> there huh? you go around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Get out of here, Phil. I'm just kidding, buddy. I love it. Thank you so much. And seriously, come visit me all the time, and we will drop these little segments in. Do you have a request uh, based on Phil's segment here today? Maybe you have a demand for us to open a new Jungle Gyms location, or maybe you just want to ride on the basement rock gallery mine cart ride that I'm pushing hard for. If so, you know it. say it with me right now, podcast at junglegyms.com. Great togetherness, we're doing it. So here we go, coming up, the big winner today. I was honored to get to spend some time with our next guest during his final days with the company prior to his well-deserved retirement. He has watched the produce game change so dramatically over the years, and I was thrilled that he took the time to share it not just with me, but with all of you as well. Now, the interview you're about to hear, that's just a portion of the time we spent together because we also recorded a separate piece where he and Jungle reminisced about the good old days. But that one's a really long one at about two and a half hours, which I seriously thought about just releasing it in response to the person who asked that I shorten the show. But I'm not that much of a jerk. I just think it's funny. But seriously, if, if that's something you think would be interesting, I found it. It was great. I laughed a lot. A lot of fun stories. It's really just interesting to me to hear, you know, guys who've been in the game a long time just cutting up and telling old stories. If you think that'd be interesting, let me know. And I will totally release that as an episode as well. Regardless, let me introduce to you Dave Brossart, King of Produce. My title, not his. All right, everyone, welcoming to the studio a legend in the produce game today. I think that's a good way to put it, right? I've got two legends, really, the OG and the new generation, right? So I'm with AJ here, current, uh, what's your official produce manager? Is that the official title? KS coordinator is what I like to go by. Oh, what does that stand for?
2: Uh, just <laughs> everything is thrown oh. at, you at one time. Chaos coordinator.
0: <laughs> I think I understand now. It was like, well, I already spoiled that for the audience <laughs> and Dave as well. Dave, welcome to the show. First off, as I understand it, you've been in the produce game for 40 years,
3: 40 long ones.
0: <laughs> what has that been like?
3: Well, at jungle gyms, it's been very nice. I worked for, uh, a couple other companies prior Fazios and, uh, Fisher Foods, and that was a long time ago.
0: Right. I imagine the industry has changed dramatically over the 40 years you've been involved in it. Oh, yes. I heard the expression, and I've watched a little bit of video, but I feel like the audience definitely doesn't know what this means. But I've heard a lot about the bottoms. Can you explain what the bottoms are and how that worked in your world? The, The
3: bottoms, when I first started, you probably had 11 places to shop. Today there's two. It's drastic change. Wow, the two that's still in the business. Uh, one of them is just about out now. It's down to one. Really. And when we first started, you could go downtown. You could ask for prices. You shopped. You compared. And you deciphered how much you wanted, what price you wanted to pay, and you had the control and uh, as a buyer if you if you was looking for beans per se and they were 20 dollars and you'd walk across the street they'd be 18 then you'd walk across the street and they'd be 17 and they got down the street is at 14 and then you decided who had the best quality and then you went after the price and it was every item like that and that was an all-day deal wow Today there's it's not competitive. You have one guy giving you a price, and we're done. So it makes it a little bit different,
0: maybe a little easier, but it sounds less fun almost. In oh a way. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Before you could squeeze them. If they wanted nineteen, you tell me you were going to pay eighteen. They would tell you. They would ask you where you're going. I'd say I'm going across the street. They says, well, if you come back, they're nineteen dollars and not eighteen. And you'd say, well, I'll see you later when they're 16. (laughs) Right. And that's what you did every day. So was that a daily occurrence to go? That was every day. Wow. Five, six o'clock in the morning. And you'd go there and you'd you'd have fun because you would see trucks coming in on a daily basis, all types of produce, more than you can imagine. And you just, you tried to buy the best that you could buy for the customer as far as uh, the value for them.
0: Wow, it sounds, I, I, I'm one of those people that shares, I, I know Jungle's excitement for this, but I would assume all of yours as well, the, uh, being a part of the action. So I hear this former way of doing it, I'm kind of almost feel like we're missing out now by having it such be, it's such a singular approach.
3: Right, then the new way is all emails. <laughs> you get on email. You type it in, you send it out, you don't know who you're buying it from. Sure. You have no clue. And it's just the one on one action with the, actual, the man that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. It makes such a difference because he knows your personality. Right. You know his personality. You know when to take and when to give. And uh, it's just, it's a relationship that you build yeah. person to person. Today is a little bit different. It's all numbers, and it's typed, and that's the end of it.
0: Well, you mentioned squeezing them. I'm like, I can't even think of how I try to squeeze somebody over an email.
3: No, <laughs> I I've never paid the right prices. If you tell me 22, I'm going to dig you at 19, right. and I might get it at 20, and I'm happy, and i leave.
0: Right. Uh, would you say that the changes have been detrimental to like the quality of produce you get now, or is it just really on a very functional how I handle this sort of way?
3: Mm well if you're dealing if you're dealing on the phone or if you're dealing with email or if you're dealing with pictures I mean it's not always true if you're seeing it first handed and you're opening a crate and you're seeing the product then you know which way to go it's very hard to tell on the phone uh, people call me and they say hey I'll show you a picture of the beans on, the, you know and I'll send that over to you and you know, I'll get the picture, and I'll call them back, and I'll say, well, do you want to see a picture of my wife? I'll send you a picture of my <laughs> wife. And, and the pictures, you know, she was 20 years old. Now we're 61, 71 years old. So, you know, that's right. the exact same deal. You a little more right. Send me anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I think that what Dave said about the um, the relationship with the person that you're buying the produce from is so – important because it more so now because it is over email and it is over text message. Yeah. So there's a lot of trust uh, that way because there's, there's not any emotion when you're face to face. Um, So the relationships that we have with our people that we have now, we, we stick with them. We're loyal to them because they know our quality. They know our, our spec. They know what we're looking for. Um, And that's why we shop around very little because the people that we deal with, they know what we're looking for and they generally give us the right quality. And when they don't, and sometimes it, a produce goes bad, I mean, sometimes things happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have our back.
0: And so you mentioned produce going bad. This is, I know this is going to sound like a very broad, vague question, but again, I'm kind of the idiot here, hoping to hold <laughs> the audience's hand. Is there a way that you guys can tell when you open up a crate up front, like, this is going to last versus. The crate 2, for example, you know?
3: At, at times. Okay. Not always. Uh, maybe it's shipped at the wrong temperature. Mm. Maybe it was shipped at the right temperature, but it's old. Yeah. So you really don't know. Only time will tell.
2: Oh,
0: that's interesting. And has that changed at all in modern – like, I mean, has that process changed at all in, in – mo- like, as things have kind of gotten modernized, as it were? No, uh, I think it's the
3: same old thing. It's same old tricks. Uh, again, what we said before, if you build a relationship with someone if if you can express your thoughts and not type your thoughts and for them to see your face and for you to see theirs and to get that trust, I think that that's a whole lot of it.
2: It's harder for people to lie to you as well when you're face to face. Yeah. Um, Over email, there's a definitely a missed connection. Oh, for sure. I mean, I could sit here and be, hi, I'm, I have the best produce in the game. <laughs> all Here's, of them. All right, of them
3: do.
0: Of course. And right. I can't even imagine trying to sift through all that, too.
3: Yeah, that's constant. Everybody's got the best. That's why they're on the phone begging you to buy it. <laughs> right.
0: Well, that's a tip to all the produce producers out there. You know, we need a new uh, opening salvo, and clearly. Yes. Trying yes. to change the game a little bit that yes. way, too. You
3: need to call me and say I have something, something moderate. And I'll give it to you for half hey, price. Then that's different.
0: Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm here for that too. I'll take yeah. a little discount for a little lower quality. Works hey, for me.
3: We have. We have. We buy things for the discount table, and if you're truthful with us, that we can move it at a certain price, it's a value to the customer. Yeah, it's a win for both.
0: I think, especially as people, a lot of people these days really seem to do the shopping day of cook that night kind yes. of thing. I'm definitely one of those from time to time. Yes. I love the the reduced table for that reason. It's like, oh, well, yeah, this box of strawberries might not last me six days, but they're yeah. going to last me 12 hours. And that's really all I need, you know?
3: To be truthful, the things in reduced area mm-hmm. are better if you're going to use them today or tomorrow really? because it's riper oh. product. It's ready to eat. You don't have to wait for it to ripen. And it, it's your best value at a half the price.
0: Love it. Is there a certain product that you've run into on a general level that has been more problematic as far as kind of being able to gauge its quality on a regular basis?
3: The more perishable items are the hardest to judge. Strawberries is a big one. You can get them in. They, they look fine. You put them up the day after and they get a little glassy and you better move them right. because they're going to start getting wet
0: my least favorite part of the strawberry yes 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 <laughs> if it's wet and not mine don't eat it so. right <laughs> if it's got mold
3: on it kick it
0: right <laughs> so let me spin a little off direct produce stuff but you know jungle's giving me pretty wild clearance here to do almost whatever on the show okay but something i love asking people especially with someone with your tenure here at the company What's one of the craziest things you've gotten to experience? I, I'm here for the stories. Like, what's something? one of the craziest things you've gotten to experience?
3: Are you want to talk about the business or you want to talk about jungle?
0: Ooh, uh, can I answer both? Sure. Okay, let's start with the business, though.
3: The business.
0: No holds barred. They told yeah. me not to okay. censor anybody, so get I'll, wild, Dave. I'll and tell you like it is. <laughs> That's right. You're out of here <laughs> this week, so. <laughs> you
3: know what? I was working a flea market. And a guy gave me a call. He says, would you like to work for Jungle Gyms? I says, yeah. Who is he? Where is he? So I came. I got on the phone. I talked to the individual. Uh, His name was Bobby Palmisano. And he was a key man for Jungle at the time. And Bobby says, would you like to come out to work for us? I says, sure. He asked me what I was doing, what kind of experience I had. I told him. I says, I've been a produce manager for Fazio's. I've been a produce manager for Rinks, Larry's Fine Foods. Right now, I'm just messing around in a flea market. He says, well, we'll start you out at 350. I says, well, that, that sounds all right. It's less than what I made before, but we'll give it a try. Because I've heard of jungles. I don't know really what it is. So I came out, and they were talking about three fifty an hour. And I just looked at him, and then I left. The day later, I get a phone call from Bobby Pomazano, and he says, "Hey, he was laughing. He says, uh, "So 350 is not good enough." I said, an hour? Are you kidding me?" I says, "I thought you was talking about salary. I'd give you a try, but it's not up to what I need." Right. So right away, we went from 3:50 an R. The, the 350 a week, which is a little bit of a difference. Yeah. And then after I was there for maybe three weeks, four weeks, I think they upped it. And then another four weeks, you know, they gave me some benefits like a car and different things like that. And it, it kind of made it worth your while. Of course. And it didn't take much longer, maybe a year. And a year in it, then they, they paid me for what it was worth. But, yeah, that was an experience. I bet. And, and to come out here, and for this man to talk to me for five minutes, and then he wanted to introduce me to Jungle, which was in the next room, closed in little room, real little room. Sure. So I go in there, and he's got a crystal ball on the table. And he's looking in the crystal ball. He has never seen me before, never spoke to me before. I've never seen this nut before. Right. And he's he's looking in the crystal ball. He says, "Dave, Dave, 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 Brossard, well, should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't I?" And he's just going on and on looking in the crystal ball. Almost walked out. <laughs> and then we agreed i shook his hand i was fine with that and i left and 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 that's the way it started so yeah he's a little
0: bit of character
3: yeah he's a little bit on the left side (laughs) but he's a lot of fun to deal with he's a good man to work with i got the highest respect for him he sees things that no one sees his his what he can see in the future i can't see today i mean that's just the way he rolls he's always in the next step he's a year down the road and he's not always right but he's generally
0: right he's within the landing zone oh yeah
3: yeah he does things that you tell him that it's not going to work it's it's not going to work please don't buy this other store because that store's a dog and he went and bought it anyway
0: And that worked out pretty good for him. It still, worked right? out real well. Oh, that's so cool.
3: And yeah. he's he's always been he's always been different.
0: I love that though. I think that yeah. unique vision has blended like so much character to the store. It's why I think we're a bit of a global phenomenon in that regard.
3: Right. I mean, when I walked in here for the first time, I'd never seen anything like this. Yeah. I thought there's no way I'm going to handle this. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, when I saw a forty foot. 40-foot run of onions, and the kid is out there with the shop vac getting the peels out of them. I thought, this guy's nuts. See, there's no way he's making money. And he had all these kids running around. We had 30 kids when I first started here, just really? part-time kids. Sure. These kids turned out, most of them, I'd say 50% of them, learned how to work. They 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 learned respect for Jungle Gyms and their, and their self, and they... They became, they, are, they were all winners today. They're all winners. They're managers. They're bankers. They're politicians. They're all over. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. Good. Yeah. They, they knew what the big deal was. And if you spoke to them and directed them and gave them the chance to have self-respect at 16, 17 years old, they turned out of here real
0: good. It's funny that you say that too, because I think that's still the case today. I mean, that's been my experience with the company, right? I'm pretty much brand new here, but i I joke about it at home a lot. That I'm like, oh, well, you built me a studio after you knew me for two hours, uh, but you know, I I knew I was the guy, and I know that Jungle knew that too, and I think that's so interesting and and, and From my end, you know, I'm working in a creative side, but I get to experience a lot of that where they've given me, like I told you before, I'm like, they gave me freedom. They're like, make a good show. Don't feel like you have to make an ad for the store, if that makes sense, which I think so many people in my position would be like, how do I make this talk show sell more of those onions than the 40 foot one, (laughs) you know? But um, I, I love hearing that. I love to hear that that's who he's always been too.
3: He's always told us, we, he told me several times, and it's 100% true. If you want to work for me, I want you to treat it as it's your store, not mine. You buy what you want, you treat it as you would treat, and remember that that dollar's coming out of your pocket, not mine. Right. And if you do that every day and under, understand that, This is my place, not jungle's place. This is my place. Right. And I'm going to buy what I want. I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to make a profit. I'm going to watch it go all the way through. And there's not going to be big losses. And I'm going to make a profit. And I'll just keep going every day and try to get better every day.
0: I love that. I feel like that's a methodology we should have in every placement. Realistically. You know. every,
3: right. Every job should be like that. You should do what you like to do or love to do, not what you have to do. It's a big difference. When you can go to work and know that you're going to get self-satisfaction out of what you do every day, it makes a big
0: difference. You're happy to be there. Oh. A, you see a lot of smiling faces in this building, oh, which I find it yeah. oh. refreshing. Oh, yes. Every day. Yeah, especially after I've been in the corporate world for a long time. And not that people are unhappy there, but uh, people are very unhappy there. So, <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know. when, when I worked with all the part-time kids, I was very stern and I was very demanding. And I would tell them if you went off early, all you got to do is finish your work. My way, not your way. Right. And they would do the work and they would come in and they'd say, Hey Dave, you know, I got I got my stuff done. We close at nine at seven o'clock, I'm done. I says, Let's take a walk. And you have to redo this, you have to redo that. You gotta fix this, fix that, sweep this, clean this up, and then you can go home. And those kids knew if they did it right, they were all going home early. If they did it wrong, they was closing. And they may work an hour longer after we closed. Yeah. And they under, once they understood that, they was they bought it a hundred percent.
0: I bet I bet it changed their work ethic for the rest of their lives. Oh yeah.
3: I had a kid one time, I'll never forget it. We was getting ready to leave and like half the crew clocked out and one home. This one kid, I told him I said he had to correct his job, go back and do this, finish that, sweep up a little bit better, clean up a little bit better, and then go home. He got mad at me and he went to cooler he picked up a tomato and he threw it up against the wall splatted the wall went out and did all his things he said can i clock out now I said no you can't i said you're going to leave after you clean that cooler and i want you to scrub all the walls because i've seen you throw this tomato right this kid went out in the parking lot i thought he was quitting there's like ten kids out there. All ten kids came and helped him clean them coolers. They was out there in ten minutes,
0: Not bad.
2: and
3: everybody was happy. Yeah, and he shook my hand when he left. He said, "I'm sorry."
0: That's amazing. It is. It's so interesting to see, or the rather, to hear stories like that, where really, yeah, again, you've like imprinted a really quality behavior and just a way of viewing things. That it's so fundamental that I think sometimes kind of gets lost in the way that we, you know, the the workplaces are these days, right? You know, I, I can't think of too many managers I've had in my life that would have honestly helped me prepare for the rest of my life in that way, you know?
3: It was, it it, it a time. <laughs> I remember a time that with all the kids that we worked with, and I love to work with kids, I'd rather be with the kids than adults. You get more work out of kids, and you teach them something different every day. Yeah, And I it got to the the time that um, I'd work with these kids for a couple of years. They'd come in at 16. They'd be like 18 years old, and they knew what they could do and get away with it. So they used to call me, and they'd call, and they'd be sick. I'm sick. I'd say, oh, so, you know. Stay home. I don't want anybody else to catch this disease that you have because everybody else will get sick. Stay home. And being the the care person that I am, I used to always call back at their house like an hour later. And I would say, hey, Billy called in sick. I'm just, you know, it's a weekend. I just want to make sure he's okay. Well, the mother would say, Billy's out. He's not here. He's out on a date. (laughs) I'd say, really? Well, Billy called me. An hour ago, and uh, he told me how sick he was, and he was in bed. No, Billy's not in bed. He's at the drive-in, or he's out with this date. She's, and she would say, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get him, and he'll be back to work tonight. Oh. And the kid had come in later. <laughs> He'd <did, laughs> he have a big blush going on, all apologetic. Uh, and then flat tell me he lied. He just wanted it off for tonight because it right. was a weekend. Yeah, of course. And the parents would call me and thank me for doing that because I acted like I was concerned, which I really was. Sure. But in the case, they tried to pull. I had one kid who called. He told me his grandmother passed away.
0: Oh. <laughs>
3: and I says, well, Chris, I says, uh, I don't, you know, you're off the weekend. I says, don't worry about that. You be with your family. Right. When you're working with all these kids, you get confused. You know he did that to me three times. His grandmother died <laughs> three times, and I didn't catch it till he retired. Uh, Honestly,
0: God, truth. That's really funny though. Well, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to track yeah. all of our no. relatives. Hey, you so. forget.
3: I mean, <laughs> when you had three that many times, that meant, yeah.
0: yeah. See, these days there's probably like an app that tracks which grandparents <laughs> right. you said sure. have passed. Yes. If not, I'm going to go ahead and invent that as a side project.
2: The, um, Dave, Dave's leadership and his uh, mentor uh, ability to, to structure these kids and give them something to, to go home and feel like they had a sense of accomplishment. Um, that's why that group of kids that he was just describing is they're now lawyers and they're politicians and they're bankers. Um, I mean, I attribute a lot of that to Dave. Yeah. Because he was hard when he needed to be, but he was also fair. That's what we need, especially at that age, I think, you know. Yeah. And it's it it, it does
0: more, sound more like so a lost today. Art. I, I agreed. Oh so yeah. There's
3: a lot of kids out there who don't have two parents.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And it's just and there's there's all this. I mean, you have access to everything on the planet mm-hmm. now with the internet, which I'm sure is just it's like almost a little too much freedom in certain regards. I have this right. theory in general that people, and I, I typically frame it in a creative space, but I just think in general people need to be told no more often. Because I think that shapes you in a positive way long-term. You kind of learn how to roll with the punches, as it were.
3: A child goes to school, and a teacher tells them, if your parents do this, 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 you report it right away. So they're all with strength. They can't do anything. Then you don't have a draft going on, so that stops a whole lot. So the the first time someone is going to tell them yay or nay is when they're employed. So if you're not going to be their parent and do it proper, you know, this kid, you're making this, you're making this employee. He's either going to be good in life or bad in life. Right. So you got to stress what's right, what's wrong. You know, they leave you, they quit, they, you know, they go on. And I always tell them the same thing. If if you're leaving and you got a better job, God bless you. I hope you do well. If you have a problem, you come back, you call me. We'll put you back to work.
0: I love that. I Do you get a lot of people that came back? Oh yes, yes.
3: Now they they went out there and it's a different world, and they, you know there's a lot of jobs that say they're going to do this and it ends up this way, negative instead of positive, sure. and and the 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 kid just don't know which way to go, and they're saying, well, you know what? It wasn't that bad at Jungle Gems. This guy's okay. Yeah. And it's like a father figure to these you know, boys or girls. It didn't matter. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. I mean, it's, uh, what, are they, what would they call it? Like a strong, a positive role model, right?
3: right? Well, try to. Yeah. Try to.
0: That's really that's really great of you, though. It says a lot about you as a person, Dave.
3: Well, there's a lot of other managers in the store that do it the same way. They try to, but they, they got to watch what they say and how they say it. I get in trouble every day. <laughs> <laughs> I use the wrong verbs and adverbs and pronouns and I shouldn't. Right. And I I know that. I know. You're learning. It's because, a learning process. I, it right? is. I'm old and I don't know all these things. I'm like behind a rock and I, I just have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> they do things up here at the store and I'm out buying. I don't know what the, the new thing is. And for me to say this or co- right. say that, I got to watch myself.
0: I get in trouble every day. <laughs> Hopefully not too much trouble though, right? Just, just enough to keep you
3: honest, right? Just enough to to be told. And that's, (laughs) I usually take it the right way. I try to.
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate that about you. Uh, You know, I think it's clear that you obviously had a passion for the job, but you'd mentioned something along loving what you do is produce your soul love or what what if i hadn't met you here at the jungle where would i have run into you
3: right here at the jungle
0: <laughs> living and breathing when it
3: huh? I, when i walked in here and uh and the guy tells me to treat this as my own you know you're writing the schedule you're doing the buying you're you're trying to get the set on the floor proper you're controlling the product all the way through that's a big and the, and the owner is present so it's you know i'm not in a chain store where i get a phone call i'm with a guy that's i'm in there at six in the morning and he's there at six thirty or five thirty, and he'll want to know where this came from who bought it how old is this how many of this you got left why is it here right and when you get those questions every day you know, I know that he cares 100%, and I want him to know that I care 100%, and we'll move it. We'll move it and go. And uh, they have the pressure of he, at one time as a buyer, you know, he would call me, and he'd say, well, I got this product. How many can you move? And I'd say, well, give me a pallet. It was a room with tomatoes one day. He called me. Room with tomatoes. How, may, how many room with tomatoes do you need this weekend? This is on a Friday. I says, I'll take a skid. Well, at what price? $12. Give me a skid, and I'll move them. Then he calls me back two minutes later. He says, well, what can you do with three skids? (laughs) But instead of 12, I'm going to buy them for 10. I says, okay, well, we'll try it. Then he calls me back. Well, what if we buy five pallets? And instead of paying 10, I'm paying eight, and all the time I'm going through my retail, I'm thinking different prices, what I'm going to do? How in the world am I going to sell so many Romas? And that was a daily it wasn't a one-time deal. It sure. was a daily deal. <laughs> when he bought, he wanted everybody to know that Jungle Jam could move product. He had the power to move product. He had the right people in the store. He had all the confidence as you, and I would be in the store at that time. And he would be buying on the street and we hit a ball i never moved so much stuff and we would put up build a display and then it wouldn't sell so the first rule is you're in the wrong area you got to move your display to this place over here instead of there so we'd move it all build it back up and we look at it again and well it's not the location can't be the price so we try to make it better and At the end if it was a price issue, we would change a price and that's just an item out of you know, all these things that we have in the store. Talking about five hundred thousand, you've got everything in the world in here.
0: I can't even imagine trying to track it. it
3: It was a lot of fun. I bet. Yeah, it was Literally a lot of being fun. A part of the action. It was cuz you know, I never knew what the heck I was getting. I needed I needed four <laughs> skids of produce. This guy comes back with the two tractor trailers and one rolling.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like the Jungle Jim's way. Yeah, yeah. It,
3: Oh, it was 100%. Uh
0: were there ever any wild swings that you guys took that weren't as successful as the 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 tomato story? <laughs> mm, uh,
3: there's probably been a few, but most of them been successful. But uh, I can't imagine anything right now that we didn't even. Oh, yeah, I do have one. Tractor trailer strawberries. He got a phone call. <coughs> got a kickload of tractor trailers strawberries. They're $4. Take them all. Got to take them all. So 26 skids come off the truck. You probably have in this place. You don't have one produce manager. You got six or seven. So these guys, it was in the office all day trying to sell strawberries to every Tom Dick and Harry and all the IGA's in town. If you sold a pallet of strawberries, I think he gave you $100 oh, wow. for every pallet you sold. Awesome. <laughs> so in the meantime, we're with all these strawberries, and we hit a saw, a meat saw. Yeah. And we'd take these strawberry flats, and we'd cut them in half, which was a hassle. Then we hit a wrap them. Mark them, get them out there, and try to sell them. Well, I can remember two or three days, all I did, instead of running the floor, was running a bandsaw, trying to get rid of these strawberries. And at the end, it got so bad, we just took pallets of these things up front, up by the register, and Jungle stood there, or I stood there, somebody was there and just gave them to the customers as they checked out. So I don't know if that was a win or a loss.
0: That was a close one. It sounds like a, it still sounds like a win.
3: He he would do that. And he attempted that. And that's what it is. Because if you're scared to buy, you don't need to buy. And if you need five, you buy seven. If you need seven, you buy 10. 10, And if you don't force yourself, then nothing gets better. Everything goes negative instead of positive.
0: I love it. And yeah, it's just how you frame it, right? Right. And I think that's kind of the beauty of this store again, where yeah. there's, I you know, and I was thinking when as soon as I asked you the question about where there are any like misfires, I kept thinking that I'm willing to bet even our misfires are successes here because of the way we kind of have built this kind of odd, you know, and I, I never think of a good way to describe it, but like wacky, right? You know, I think customers kind of expecting that to a certain extent. They're like, oh, what's this new thing? All right. Well, you know what? I'll give that a whirl today and see what happens.
3: I'll give you an example. Yeah. I'm walking through the meat department one day, and all these kids, they're all scrambling around the floor. I'm thinking, what are they doing? So I go over there. They're chasing a candy bar. It's on the floor. It's it's a Milky Way. (laughs) It's scooting all over the floor, and I'm thinking, how in the world is that Milky Way? And I look up in jungle is in his balcony he's got a fishing rod with a candy bar (laughs) he's throwing it out there and these kids are all scrambling for this cookie bar now i don't care what anybody says you're not going to go in the chain store and i can't mention their names and see a candy bar, and the op- owner, operator up there laughing like crazy, <laughs> taking this candy bar and flopping it all over the disc place, and these <laughs> kids are going nuts chasing them. That's, and he didn't, you know, nobody knew he was doing that. No. I don't know where he dreams this up. Somewhere during the night, he come up with this idea, and he just goes by the... Oh, he goes by the fly of his pants. He's out of here. He's a different person. Yeah. Completely different.
0: That's exciting, though.
3: Yeah. And I mean, he's a, you're t- talking about somebody that's very stern. He knows what he wants. He's going to get it. He hires mostly the right people for the job. But he has time to do these screwy things that are more important than anything else.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, it separates him from being just another yeah retailer ultimately right
3: every week this kid this kid he has no idea i mean he he doesn't he's not going anywhere to shop he says hey we let's go to jungle gyms if you're going somewhere we got to go to jungle gyms yeah and the kids is what makes it right you know if you satisfy your customer you get a kid excited where he wants to tell your mother and father i want to go to jungle gyms that's huge.
0: Oh, yeah. I name a kid who is like, I really want to go to Kroger this yeah. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <Right>. I can, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say their name so you don't have to, Dave. Okay. It's okay. I'm willing I, to take I didn't that wanna,
3: kind of heat. I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. I, uh,
0: yeah. I think I'm going to playfully try to engage the other corporations in a duel of some sort. <laughs> and hopefully they know I'm mostly sweet. But so many stories, so much knowledge. I was more than happy to document this in hopes that future produce peeps would take some of this information and try to use it to help get everyone out there the best food possible. As AJ mentioned in the interview, this knowledge isn't just something we can slap in a manual. You you really have to experience it with a teacher. For example, I, I could read a book all day long on the best martial arts form, right? But... You know, I'm not going to be great at it until a true master comes in and helps me cultivate the skills properly. That's pretty much how I feel about this experience. You know, it's intangible. You can't just pick the stuff up in the store easily. You got to work with these people and learn from them. That's what this is all about. Well, pumpkin pal slash banana bunch, I'm loving this. I'm loving you all, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. One more time, shoot me a juicy email at podcast at junglegyms.com if you want to talk. I've got some heat coming next week. In particular, a very fun sit down with pumpkin carver extraordinaire, as seen on the Food Network show, Outrageous Pumpkins, William Wilson. He's great. There's a lot of fun. And his pumpkin carvings are insane. There's way more to, you know how I do. But on that, thank you all so much for listening. And I'll see you out in the aisles. The Jungle Gyms podcast is recorded in the WJJI studio inside Jungle Gyms International Market in Fairfield, Ohio. The Jungle Gyms podcast is produced and hosted by Mark Morrison.